KRCL champions building a more socially engaged Utah through locally driven programming that promotes music discovery and civic participation. Tune in to KRCL on 90.9 FM for a curated mix of music, including at least one track by a Utah artist every hour. From alternative rock to reggae, blues to bluegrass, KRCL is here to bring you the greatest bangers all day, every day. Are you listening? This is Slug Soundwaves. My name is Jacob T. Skeen. I'm a mono band out of Salt Lake City. My music is kind of just influenced by all the different music that I enjoy and like. So whether it be gospel, blues, garage, punk, psychedelic, heavy metal, I definitely have been going towards more aggressive music as of lately. I'm not sure why, but about maybe five years ago back, I discovered the OCs and saw one of their live performances. They did a DVD and a live record release that was live in San Francisco at the chapel and completely changed the direction musically that I wanted to go and have been very influenced by them. And then even more recently, I think back in 2018, I had the opportunity to see A Place to Bury Strangers, and they do a lot of DIY, build your own pedals, strobe lights, projectors, just completely overwhelmed by that show. So now I've incorporated a lot of those things or try to do a lot more on the stage than I used to, just based on all these different artists and people that I'm discovering. Being a mono band means I'm a solo performer, but I have just as much equipment as probably a full band. So I play drums with my feet. I've got a kick drum, a snare drum, and a cymbal that I play. I also have guitar. That guitar has a center pickup that I've added that only picks up the bottom two strings, has a separate output, goes to an octave pedal to try and simulate a a bass guitar underneath me as I play. And then I do vocals on top of that. And then more recently, I've been experimenting with like drum machines, harmonica, noise, microphones that I've been running around on stage uh, playing with. So kind of trying some new things as of recently. I've had one other release. In 2017, I released a single track called I Won't Roll in My Grave, and that was released on a Flexi record. And then I wanted to do a full-length release. Uh, The title of the album was Death, Thou Shalt Die, and that was scheduled to be released on April 6th of 2020, the day I was supposed to return back from uh, Italy and doing a tour over there. Being a mono band, looking around on social media and the internet, you kind of find all these people that are also into one-man bands and performing solo, and there's a weird kind of culture of these people that perform that way, and there's a scene in Rome, Italy, of all places, that has a big one-man band scene, and there's a record label called Dead Music Records that puts out compilations 
of different mono bands from around the world. And this was going to be the sixth annual Invasion of the Mono Bands Festival. So they helped me out. They got me about two weeks worth of tour dates in central Italy, including the festival. And when I say festival, use that very lightly. It's definitely DIY, more punk-centered, but it's still a really good time. But I was very happy and excited to go out there, uh, release the record, and then come back and release it in the States here. But as you can imagine, that did not happen. It was very interesting to see because I already had my flight booked. I had all the places I was going to go visit. I had my tour planned out. And Italy was one of the first countries to have a major outbreak of COVID-19 and just slowly saw everything getting worse, hospitalizations, people closing down, people going into quarantine, and then coming to the realization that this wasn't going to happen. And then it was really interesting seeing all the things that I just followed really closely on the news with Italy start happening in the United States. Definitely the wrong time to put out a record, but those were the circumstances. I did receive a lot of support from people. I had to go through uh, mailing out records because record stores were not open. I wasn't able to perform, so a lot of people were really supportive, and I did mail out a lot of records in Utah, out of state, and even a few international. But the distribution for the record, at least when it first came out, was just through the mail. A lot of my influences uh, come from just my culture and upbringing. Also, I'm very attracted to anything that comes out of Utah or Salt Lake City because I don't feel like there's a lot of art or music that comes out of this state. So anything that does, I'm really interested in it. So I wanted to incorporate as much as I could of Salt Lake City culture and my background kind of into the record. I've also been really interested in collecting records from thrift stores. And if you've ever been thrift store shopping in Utah, you know there's a lot of religious records, specifically Mormon records, which I started collecting because I thought it was weird and interesting and people typically didn't want those. So I have kind of an interesting collection of just weird gospel and Mormon records that I've come across. And then I decided I want my record to look like that. So definitely the layout and the theme I wanted you when you pick it up to look like a terrible gospel record that you'd pick up from the thrift store. definitely DIY it's definitely homemade and it's got plenty of mistakes on it that I found after it was pressed I had no idea so it all kind of fits in I didn't do it intentionally there's a spelling error on the back I realized after I recorded songs that I'd sang some of the lyrics wrong so the lyrics printed in the record I put them in there how I wrote them but that's not how I sang some of them so there's a few of those instances so yeah there's there's lots of errors it's definitely homemade so I definitely think I hit the mark on that on the record you can see all the symbolism from around salt lake city and to me symbolism especially in religion kind of makes sense to me at least from my knowledge base of religious texts and scripture anything in like old testament times was uh, symbolic or teaching anything in the new testament there was a lot of parables and that kind of teaching going on so i think a lot of religious uh, symbolism is really interesting but i feel like modern religion is going away from that and they don't want to use those and they're distancing themselves from it so i'm kind of picking that up and using it to my advantage where other people are no longer using it i definitely use symbols and specifically the morning star symbol and 
it's all over and it's on the head of the kick drum that I use and, and kind of representing that and people maybe not understanding what it is or where it comes from. So it just makes it interesting. I mean, the star I use on the kick drum, it's the one that's over State Street. There's the big eagle gate and it's got the inverted five-pointed star with like the fifth point extended which you can find that all over Temple Square and you can see all the pictures on the record of that. Uh, but yeah, I just don't think a lot of people know that and don't know what it is. And I kind of enjoy that about it. I try to make every record very personal again just kind of that DIY approach and I love that aspect to music and making it your own and making it personal so on the front of every record I've actually placed a sticker and the sticker says caveat emptor not recommended for delicate ears which I found that on I was doing some more uh, thrifting I think it was the rock and roll swap meet and it was a discount bin and it was a record by Jay Golden Kimball which is supposed to be uh, one of the early 1800 Mormonism general authorities that used to swear from the pulpit. That's kind of his reputation. So it was a record. It's awful. It's someone impersonating him and quoting him of what he used to say, and it's just very minor swear words on there, and they put a warning label on it, and I thought that was really funny. So I put that on all of my records as well. My record does not have any curse words in it. However, just kind of going along with that same thing, I think people that are more religious and church-going, if they listen to the tone of the music on the record, it's more aggressive, it's more loud, it's more noisy, they could find that offensive. And I think the opposite is true. Maybe those that aren't religious and have different beliefs and don't go to church, just the subject matter of the lyrics, uh, they could be slightly offended by that. So it's kind of a warning label. The caveat emptor is a Latin phrase for let the buyer beware. So just kind of on both sides, it kind of sits in both worlds. On the inner sleeve of the record, I've been handwriting in every one that's gone out. I've sold about 250 copies as of now, and it's almost been out for two years now. But that kind of stems from any time I go to the thrift store and I look at religious books and different things, there's usually a handwritten note inside the book because whoever was getting it, it was a gift for someone or they'll write a personal testimony in it or whatever it is. And I think it's really interesting to have a personal note, and I've got a collection of stuff. So I've been handwriting notes in every record that goes out. I print out these hymnals, I guess you could call it. It's basically a little booklet, and it has music. It's laid out like a hymnal would be a basic melody and then lyrics to the song. So if you're ever curious what the lyrics read, it has all the lyrics in there, and then as well as footnotes, where a lot of my lyrics have come from different religious texts and the Bible and the Apocrypha and whatever it may be. There's like footnotes to where I reference all of these things and where it all came from. So you can look at a lot of things in there and find where it came from. Even on the opening track to the record, the song is called Elizabeth Felt Pain, but maybe not in the way that you think. It's actually a name I came across that was on a headstone in the Salt Lake City Cemetery. So the last name Pain is 
P-A-Y-N-E. So kind of a, a play on words, but I thought it was the saddest name I'd ever heard. So I definitely wanted to incorporate that into a song. So even on the little back of the of the booklet, there's a map of the Salt Lake Cemetery, and there's an indicator showing approximately where her gravesite's located at. Credit for mastering the record is someone listed on here called Trent Walker. Trent Walker is the head broadcast and recording engineer for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He works really closely with the Tabernacle Choir and their studio that they have below the actual Tabernacle in Salt Lake City. I've had some employment with them as well, so I've worked in a lot of those spaces and got to know him, and I asked if he would do the mastering for the record, which he was very happy to do. He was a little taken back when I walked in with a cassette deck to him to do it off of, but he did it nonetheless. He, he was supportive. It wasn't his thing, but he's like, if you're happy, I'll do it. So the same recording engineer that works really closely with the Tabernacle Choir did the mastering on the record. I put a lot of thought into it, and I've never really expressed that, I really should explain a lot of these things because I thought maybe people would come across them, but, you know, it's been so weird. And, yeah, I haven't talked about a lot of these things, so I don't know that anyone knows any of this stuff. So definitely was happy to talk about it on here. So the song that's going to be featured on here is a new song that's not on Death Thou Shalt Die. It's called Come Home, and it is going to be featured on the Slug Death by Salt Volume 6 release, which congratulations on 33 years. Uh, During taping, that show hasn't happened yet in the release, but it's going to be a cassette release at Urban Lounge on February 11th, 2022. But after this is out, the cassette will be out, so go and buy it. It has a ton of... uh, just local Salt Lake City artists that are great on there. I have the Volume 5 vinyl release, and it's the multicolored one. It's amazing. I love that record. So very excited to be a part of that. So this track is uh, what I contributed to the Death by Salt uh, Volume 6 release, and it is different than anything I've ever done. It's heavier than anything on Death Thou Shalt Die. Definitely the pandemic was very hard times, but I think it was good for me. I felt like I was overworking myself. I was doing way too much and when all that was taken away with the pandemic and I just had time on my hands I tried to focus on my health both physically and mentally and started maybe looking into some things that I've been putting off or ignoring and it became very challenging so I think a lot of these lyrics went a little bit away from uh, the theme of the death shalt thou shalt die with the religious concepts and different things and more kind of the struggles with mental health and working on yourself and finding that very difficult to do not having done it before so that's where uh, that kind of came from and this track has uh, drum machines that I used and fuzz pedals and a lot of weird feedback and noises that I made here so very different than anything else I've ever done
I can be found on all the main social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, just under Jacob T. Skeen, my name. And I guess that's something I didn't bring up as well. <laughs> Even the name Jacob T. Skeen is another like little Easter egg, if you want to call it that, of the record and Salt Lake City culture and stuff. Anytime there's church leadership, they use you know that same platform as first name, middle initial, last name, Bruce R. McConkie, Spencer W. Kimball, David M. McKay, Jeffrey Holland, oh, the same thing. So even in the name, yeah, there's there's another one for you as well. So I can be found on those. Uh, the record is for sale. You can buy the vinyl or the digital download from Bandcamp. Uh, I'm looking to get music on streaming services uh, coming up soon, so watch for that as well. The biggest thing that I've got coming up right now is the Tree Fort Music Festival in Boise. That's going to be happening March 23rd through the 27th. I'm very excited to be involved in that. Very cool festival, kind of similar to like a South by Southwest, where it's just like the whole city, bands all day, every day, music all around. I mean, some of the headlining groups I'm very excited to see are OCs, Witch, Shannon the Clams, Lightning Bolt. Uh, there's also this gentleman that he, he goes by Mad Alchemy is his name, but he does these analog liquid light shows that are amazing. If you don't know him, look him up on Instagram because it's not just like the band or the stage. It's like the entire venue is lit up with psychedelic lights and just everywhere. I don't know. So a lot of things I'm really looking forward to experiencing when I go there. And then there's like uh, some smaller bands from surrounding states that have passed through Salt Lake City that I'm excited to see again, like Pink Fuzz, the Bobby Lees. And then representing Utah, we have Tycoon Machete and Backhand and myself that will be there. So I feel like we're representing Utah pretty strong while we go there as well. Uh, but I will be performing at Pangilly's Saloon on Friday, the 20, March 25th at 11.20 p.m. If you're in the area, that's when my set will be. If you enjoyed this episode of Soundwaves, please take 60 seconds to rate and review us on iTunes. Calling all artists, makers, vintage vendors, performers, and more. Applications for the 14th annual Craft Lake City DIY Festival, presented by Harmons, are now open. Head to craftlakecity.com forward slash DIY hyphen festival hyphen 2022 to complete your application now. 